2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Friday toast to the Arts and Parks show with Nancy and Lisa. Uh, right now, it's just me and uh, Nancy's taking care of dogs. Sometimes that happens here. Uh, but the National Parks Arts Foundation, we love them because they are known for putting out these amazing artists in residence programs where artists of all kinds of medias and genres, whether it's music or, or you know visual art, whether it's ceramics, whether it's dancing, filmmaking, Uh, Artists can apply to be a resident in a park for a full month. And and we were talking about from Hawaii Volcanoes National Park to Chaco Canyon to the Dry Tortugas out in the Florida Keys. So go to nationalparksartsfoundation.org. So today we're excited to welcome traveling composer. He's a nature nomad, too. That's it. It's the word. Uh, Ben Cosgrove. Yeah, right. Uh, Ben Cosgrove. uh, He creates music. That really gets into the world of nature, landscape, sense of place is something huge for us. And that's a, it's a big deal with his music, too. And you just heard that with his piece, This Machine in the Garden. I'm oh, Excuse me, The Machine in the Garden. It's the opening track to his fourth studio album, which is The Trouble with Wilderness. That's a crazy title. I want to hear about that. So everyone, go to bencosgrove.com So welcome, Ben. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Um, I'm in Hawaii, so it's it's hard not to be feeling awesome.
2: <laughs> so how do you feel about their studio there in the art house? You're in the art house.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, I didn't know this was part of the deal, but it's been pretty great. I I, uh, I I don't think I've ever been on a residency that came with a like fully equipped sound booth in it. <laughs> yeah, so, your
2: sound is yeah. good. You should see how I'm recording right now. This is not like <laughs> you've oh, got yeah, a no, booth. Yeah.
1: You should see how I usually have to record. It's, it's a lot, <laughs> lot scrappier than this.
2: Yeah. Isn't that the hard thing about doing sound? I mean, even, you know, with us traveling and it's always like you go into a place and you're like, can everybody put carpet back? But I really don't want you to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you do is you you do really need to kind of be gathering good audio all the time, but I, I have the luxury of being able to kind of work from voice memos for months and years of the time until I go into a studio and then kind of lock everything down. Oh, that's but, really
2: cool. Yeah. 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 And, when, and it
1: sort of forces things to evolve more than they would if I were just, you know, yeah. gathering all the time.
2: I your music number one is I really love it. But you really do like to well from my perspective of listening to your music. And um, also I'm interested in what you do as a writer as well. But it seems that you're kind of showing the the two main sides and then like everybody get it. I don't know how to explain this correctly, but it's it's like a paradox and you're getting in the middle of it and you're like, hello, there's both sides. And it's kind of like nature. It's like us and them, nature and humanity. And it's almost like even though we're connected, we are very connected to nature. We're part of it. It has become like the line in the sand. And yet Hmm. it shouldn't be. And I think your music kind of really delves into that part of like, you know, the machine in the garden. First, when I heard the title, I was like, oh, damn it. It's like you know when you see a big old cannon in the national park system, and then you see wildflowers around it, and you're like, "Dude, we did that."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, yeah talk a bit about that
1: because no, no, you you okay. got right to the heart of it. It's I. It's actually uh, I'm glad you picked up on that uh, theme and those those messages in the music. It's a, a sort of a direction I tried to move in very intentionally with that last album. Um, my work before then had always been about landscape a lot of bit about parks especially and i sort of found that by accident i've been writing all this music that was about really like a specific type of landscape which is like namely these like explicitly natural areas that were kind of cut off from what we think of as you know human influence right? like oceans and wilderness areas and national parks and and these sort of like uh, kind of like glorified, fetishized views of what nature is and where we can find it that um, don't actually align with how I think we should be thinking about nature, which is mm. like the um, the title of the album, which you were asking about is The Trouble with Wilderness. And it's um, taken from an essay by that same name, by an environmental historian named William Cronin, who wrote it in the mid-90s, um, in which he kind of addresses this. And he talks about like like, wilderness is an important concept, but it's not a um, sustainable method of conservation to just imagine that the way we should treat nature is by walling ourselves off from it. Like any any mode of dealing with the natural world has to allow for the existence of human beings. Mm. So it's all about kind of uh, remembering that the, the tree in your backyard is every bit as wild and interesting and worthy of wonder as one in the middle of you know Yosemite National Park
2: do you feel like you're the connector like you know it's like a co-creative experience when you listen to nature where do you think we got music from i mean it's no matter hmm. what that's the direct source right other than our heartbeat you know in our own human vocal sounds <clears throat> you think about like even the native americans say the woodpecker is the first one so when you start playing flute the, the woodpecker flute is the first one it's like the first sound you start to mimic and and work towards so when you go to into nature, I mean you do hear all these sounds. And and to me, it's pretty mind blowing because you can get a vibe of what is going on in the woods kind of thing, depending on where you are. But let's just say the woods, right? You know? Sure, sure. You can tell if a snake is going near the baby nest because not only are the birds gonna chirp, but like is a cacophony of everybody going crazy, right? And yeah. then if it's a nice early morning, everybody's like, hello, good morning. How are you? And it goes around the room, all kind of well, the outdoor room, right? And you can tell by those sounds. And somehow they make a song. Like different species are communicating. And when you look at like the plants, like I see, like a flower could be opening, it's really pretty, but when it's bending from the stem, like that's a cello. Yeah. like a so have, it, have that's what I think of... about your music.
1: I oh, <laughs> you. have you heard of the uh uh writer uh bernie krause he's got a no you he, he, he's what you're describing is totally up his alley he's got a uh, several books one of which is called the great animal orchestra um mm. which he kind of he, he's got a bunch of theories about how kind of the the soundscape sort of self-manages and and divides into all these acoustic niches um but he also reminded me of a uh there's this he died only recently but there was this canadian composer named r marie schaefer who um had dedicated most of his career to like environmental music. And he, he wrote this very influential book in the seven, might've even been the sixties a while ago um, called the soundscape, Uh uh, which talks a lot about what you're saying, but a whole middle section of the book is uh, devoted to kind of, it's sort of the most fun set of chapters, but he like notes all these moments in like Western classical music where you can, tell that composers were being like unconsciously influenced by the sounds they were hearing. Like you can trace oh,
2: wow. like
1: certain patterns in keyboard music from the, you know, So 1700s consciousness to, like, are
2: connecting in a different way. Like, yeah.
1: just like, like, if you go through the trippy. world, like yeah. hearing like mm-hmm. cobblestones, you you're like, your brain will like kind of move in that direction. You're like, you're the, it's a sound that's familiar to you and you, you, you'll you unconsciously want to replicate it.
2: So, For you, I, are yeah. you going by the scenery What's happening, like the, you know, the human connection? Because I, I don't know about you. I know you go to, you've done a lot of residencies in parks and national mm-hmm. forests, and I mean, you've done a work with NASA. I mean, it's like insane. I'm like you're you're in the insane category of and I mean that in a good way.
1: Yeah, but no, no, I'm also ins- like, I'm insane in all the ways.
2: <laughs> I'm reading everything going, Holy crap, like if I have to introduce this guy, like oh, I'm gonna be talking for half an hour and we're still not gonna get you on the show. I mean you can
1: amazing. go with wandering piano player. That's what I like. <laughs> the
2: wandering piano player is good, yeah. right? But but when you're looking at the landscape, are you seeing things encroaching? Because even from our national parks and some of our public lands. Um, depending on where you are they are I mean, they're the height of protection. I mean, I, I was in a wildlife refuge. We were we were in Texas somewhere. And I'm filming pelicans. And in the background of the pelicans are all oil derricks going. So mm-hmm. you're hearing birds and this oil derrick sound. And your smell sense of smell is going from wildlife, like, you know, you can smell the water to like oil. So are you experiencing that? Cuz that's kind of the other feeling I got when I was listening is like you have that that yeah. feeling of here's this beauty but then what the hell are we doing
1: here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's I I feel conflicted about it because certainly mm-hmm. I I experienced that. I think at first I would you know, the analogy I would use would be like, you know, when you're like taking a photo for like Instagram or whatever. And you try to like crop out a telephone pole. So it seems yeah, like all, you're that's the... <laughs> what I'm always
2: doing. And now I'm going like, we need to show the telephone. pole. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. I think it's, it's more uh, it's, it's not de- just depressing. It's sort of interesting to consider interesting and important to kind of consider an environment holistically. Like it's good in a way that we can't give ourselves the illusion that
0: Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Bikes, tread or row, risk free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial.
1: When you're in uh I forget where we said you were, but like Everglades. Texas, like, yeah, oh that, that yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Um, like you if you were able to ignore or forget about all these oil derricks, it would be kind of an, like, I don't know, it would be counter to any kind of eventual progress, you know?
2: Yeah. That's the hard thing. And now I'm like, I think your music really kind of made my mind change around a lot. It, and cause it's been something I've been battling with and then listening to the music. I'm like, okay, you know, you've got to, there's a way to do this. And it's like, I have a whole file of photos of trash and part of the oh, reason cool. we started our tour was we watched a, a young kid on the Hinga Trail in the Everglades drop a soda can. Here we are on the Hinga Inga Trail. It's like one of the, especially in the winter, anyone, um, it's, you know, it's accessible to everyone. Like if you're in a wheelchair or, or your mom pushing a pram or something, it's, it's accessible.
1: Yeah, um,
2: and Which you is can hard see to come gators. by in the Everglades. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, there's gators. I mean, right there, Hinga's, I mean, the bitterns and I mean, I'll go on and on. I love it. It's beautiful, but we're standing there, and here's all these alligators, and this kid drops the soda can right there. The parents didn't say a word. Nancy and I had to hold each other back from, like, <laughs> from, from
1: murdering like, this kid. <laughs> what,
2: what the hell? Well, the parents, actually. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, kids are being point. taught. And so then I've got the photo of this can, and you just see this embankment full of gators and the soda can. Now, are the park rangers going to go get in there? Like, what happens when a baby snake gets in there? You know, Mm. what, you know, maybe gets trapped. What happens to this floating can? And we're like, we are not connected to nature anymore. And maybe it is true. The more we keep putting nature this side and and cities and what we're doing, we should just show the coexistence and going, okay, maybe we don't want this much over here. So we can actually full, fully see it because we have a, I mean, it's, it's sad. Yeah. But now it's I think I should I, publish that stuff. I should yeah, publish I it. I
1: think so too. I, it's. I mean, it's sort of, it, it goes a different way too, where I think a thing that can happen um, when people have an idea that there are these sort of pristine expanses of land somewhere that like aren't being you know, polluted or uh, yeah. otherwise affected. There's, it gives a sort of moral licensing to mistreat the places that aren't those. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, it's okay to like put another parking lot here because, like, ah, oh, you know, there's trees over there. <laughs> it's like there's oh, there's exactly. Alaska. So what do we care about? Oh, you know, it's like, only it's one
2: bird. It's, birds, it's yeah. a little butterfly. Who cares?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's. I don't know I feel like these in between places like like these community parks that you said you're doing a lot more work in mm-hmm. t- tend to be almost uh, at least as interesting as some of the mm-hmm. like high profile national parks and Well now you are looking. in a high
2: profile one now you're in the art Literally. house and <laughs> overlooking the ocean but so you're not like sleeping in the park but this is a park that um is high profile but I think it's really we've done so many interviews with artists over the years with Hawaii volcanoes national park and there's so many elements to it and i think what's and i've never been there but i think what's neat from everything i've heard is like you really do have the indigenous connection Mm -hmm. and you know the indigenous people and then it's really it's always changing because of the lava the volcanoes so for you what was it that you said okay i'm going to go for the high profile part what was what was it about hawaii
1: it's kind of the the second thing you said, especially the I'm I've have a long term interest in landscapes that change underneath you that mm-hmm. they're kind of like undependable or kind of morphing and to especially. which people have to kind of adapt. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I wrote an album, a, a few that my album before the trouble with wilderness is one called Salt that came out in twenty seventeen <laughs> I think pre-covid um, and, album <laughs> yeah pre yeah yeah during during a a, a more naive time <laughs> yeah happy
2: but um, times
1: <laughs> well yeah no it was actually written during a very unhappy time but oh, so i i i no 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 but uh it in my my way of dealing i went through like a bad breakup and my way of oh, yeah. uh processing it cuz i and then the feeling i had was like uh i couldn't depend on the ground underneath me so i hmm. um, i decided i would write a whole album about places where that was literally true where like like um Salt oh marshes, which are like above water yeah. for half the day and above, uh, uh, underwater for the other like half Mono of the day. Mono Lake
2: and places like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mono Lake. Wow. Yeah. You know Mono Lake. That's a really cool. Oh, line. yeah,
2: yeah. Pink Floyd album, man. It's cool.
1: That's it. My, uh, yeah, a good friend of mine worked there as her first job right after college.
2: No so, way. It's yeah, cool. lived, lived it, in
1: Levining and the whole thing.
2: Oh, my God. Have you been to the Salton Sea? Mm-hmm. That's some Uh, weird stuff right now. Salt
1: and Sea is, uh, I think, the the place in America that I am most afraid of. (laughs) It's the first place I ever went and was like, "This is this is there's something evil here."
2: (laughs) I took a photo of a pink flamingo. Someone put a pink flamingo on. uh, Where were we? Nipton? Like I don't know. But
1: like wait, like a a a live pink flamingo or a plastic pink flamingo?
2: And this was, the, and then I got, it sucks because I got hacked. And so I had to start my Instagram and all everything, all, all our social, everything oh, all no. over again. It was bad. It was bad. And and we've had all the security experts on radio shows telling us what to do. And did I listen? No, <laughs> uh, apparently not. But the, I took a photo of this plastic flamingo and put it up on Instagram and everybody thought it was a real flamingo.
1: Oh, that's an like, interesting.
2: Uh... I'm like, did it? escape from the living desert zoo in Palm Springs? It's probably like the,
1: the like closest thing to an, a living organism that can survive in the, the Salton Sea. It's really do you, interesting I, I, about salt. Sidebar, wait, the, do, yes. do you know where the pink flamingo was invented? It's, now, it's from Lemonster, Massachusetts. It's a, the, Really? Yeah, it's not okay. what you would expect. It's, okay, this, so
2: uh, now the pink flamingo thing has been traveling with us in a very weird way. Hmm madison wisconsin college town their yeah, yeah. mascot I love madison. pink flamingos what? and yes no, and it they're, the, started, they're the
1: badgers aren't they
2: did, no this, well maybe not a mascot but it started oh god don't let me the belushi brothers were in it involved in this this whole thing where oh i'm gonna screw up but i took photos of flamingos all over Madison and in snow. Oh, and they did this, rings this a bell Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put I think I pink flamingos about. on the lawn of the university, and they ended up doing this as a fundraiser for a big toga party. And the Belushi <laughs> brothers either called in. I think Steve Martin was like this crazy thing happened, and so anybody just type in Madison, Wisconsin, pink flamingos and check out the story. It is the I... coolest thing. So anyway, that's and now everywhere we go. It's beyond Florida, man, but I did not know it came from Massachusetts. Okay, <laughs> hey, from Massachusetts, so we learn things all the time on came the came from this like cool. like
1: inland, like non-coastal Massachusetts. It's the, the guy's name was Featherstone. He was this like eccentric guy. No way, guy. A
2: Featherstone, that's even funnier.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. My mother lives in the adjacent you, town. To, so oh, I...
2: okay. I've been lucky to see pink flamingos in Lake Naivasha in Kenya. Now that.
1: Whoa, that but is a
2: really cool thing. So are that,
1: they, now are we talking real pink flamingos, or real is
2: like goods? the ones yeah, with yeah. the bendy back leg? Yeah, like yeah. The, they bend backwards. You know, so it's it's pretty cool. But I think you're really that's interesting about you know changing ground. I mean, we go we 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 like anytime there's a swamp that we can go to, we will go there because to me it is fascinating <laughs> and it does shift. And I think about swamps. Now, especially with climate change and drought and how our wetlands around the country are just getting annihilated, they're drying out. and mm-hmm. uh, So there's issues there, but I mean, going from salt to now lava, what's it like?
1: It's really, really interesting. I mean, I've been really obsessed, especially um, during my time here. I spent a lot of this residency sort of on the perimeters of the park chasing down because um, it, obviously there it was this big, well, not obviously, in 2018, there was a whole yeah, new yeah. eruption and all these new flows mm-hmm. really like to- completely reshaped the park and a lot of the um, the Pune district, which is kind of northeast of it. I've um, been uh, kind of hunting down uh, instances where infrastructure has had to be reshaped or realigned to accommodate this new sort of just like carpet of rock that now covers uh like uh like neighborhoods and uh beaches and and bays that that like wasn't there before so you'll be driving down some like two-lane road and all of a sudden there'll be like you know an orange sign and then a wall of lava (laughs) that's uh, that's crazy yeah it's it's just and i've i've been kind of uh, like interviewing people informally and and like reading a bit about um because this is obviously nothing new like this is just what it is to live on a volcanic island and I think there's something very uh instructive and fascinating about understanding how people can live for you know like hundreds and thousands of years uh, with the understanding that the land they're on can go away or be fundamentally reshaped at any moment move. yeah,
2: yeah. It, it's it is fascinating. I mean, it's like when you live in Florida with hurricanes, that, you know, that can come and take you out. But you go back because there's a, you know, connection, and that's you know part of like you are very much sense of place, which I think is so important when something's moving too. Like what's going on there? It's, I mean, it, you it could change tomorrow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm 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 generally pretty obsessed with movement too. That's a a, mm. a, a theme through all my work for <laughs> sure.
2: Do you think it's it's kind of like temporary art? You know, yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of temporary public art like we were um was in New Mexico, Santa Fe in the rail yard park. They started this public art program, but they said it needs to be temporary. And I'm like, dude, that's just like it goes against me. I'm like, no, you've got to save the art. They're like, no, but they had a polar bear representing climate change, this big sculpture of a polar bear.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then the polar bear went away. And that was the whole point of the movie, yeah. art, which I thought, wow, OK, that's cool.
1: Oh man, who's that artist that did the, um, ah, Ragnar can, uh, there's an Icelandic artist who who does a lot of kind of like big uh, spectacle pieces. And one of his projects was dragging these gigantic um, like person or like bigger than a person cubes of ice and arranging like 12 of them in a, you know, like city public square. And then they would just slowly melt.
2: (laughs) Just to like, oh, here you go.
1: Yeah, over the course of like days or weeks. Um,
2: Yeah, so people would get that visual. It's like people didn't understand COVID because they couldn't see it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I actually think it's yeah. Neat. They, a a it's lot, lot of, of them pretty, still don't. But... <laughs> I know, but but it's still pretty. Like I know people don't think it's pretty, but I think it's kind of cool. Oh, like you gorgeous. mean like the,
1: the the ball with the little uh, yeah. spikes and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's adorable. It's
2: pretty. <laughs> <laughs> unless you get sick, it's pretty cool looking. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you know it's it's a disease on acid. Look at it; it's pretty cool <laughs> to look at. And I'm like, that's that looks neat, but yeah, not it's... unless you're you know, breathing it in, I suppose that's not cool. Um, not at all. Cause you know, people did die, but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but, so that's I, no, cool. I,
1: I do, I do hear what you're saying and it is helpful to know, like, like Oh yeah, I don't want those spikes in my, you know, Blank. in your
2: lungs it's kind of like a little sci-fi thing right yeah mm.
1: oh no so, totally it looks like a like a you know video game villain or something
2: <laughs> it's, it's like little bubbles um are you gonna do more music from this what what was like what was your and because i know as artists get in they apply for the residency mm. and then you know it's like here this is what i propose i wanted to do and then partway yeah, through it's like proposal detour detour and so are you sticking to what you thought you were going to do? Are you going to take a detour? Um, so tell us about what you.
1: It's sort of hard yeah. to say now. Um, yeah. What I, I I did come here with the intention of looking at, kind of what I talked about already was just um, like understanding a little better what it is like to be in a place where everything is kind of volatile and and can shift underneath you at any moment. Mm. Uh, but I, I didn't expect to be so interested in the, um, 92% And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. I think when I originally proposed this, it was before I had done the Trouble with wilderness project. And so oh. now, now I'm really more of a, Built environment infrastructure nerd than I was before, <laughs> so okay. I, I have been more fascinated by like roads that have collapsed into a crater and uh, like how the park has had to reshape its 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 infrastructure to accommodate like the parts of the park that are dangerous now that weren't as dangerous before. And um, I don't know exactly how that'll fold into the music I make, but um, it's been a lot. That's been a lot of what I've been kind of journaling about, and and uh, wow, I'm trying to.
2: Yeah, that, that's kind of like, you know, when you go in after a wildfire into a park and um, yeah. see how like how roads melt
1: mm-hmm.
2: from a wildfire. And now it's getting, you know, quick, like right now, as we're recording the Mariposa Grove and Yosemite is on fire and it's surrounding yeah. it. And they're saying that some of the that. upper limbs are like flying up so high and so fast that they're going over the tankers coming in with the water. Like imagine that. Here you go with the water to save the day, and like here's here's these fire bolts coming at you. You know, tree limbs. That's some of these wildfires
1: are are just absolutely not. Like the water evaporates before it can get to them. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like
2: it's 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 freaky, and I think it's it. The lava part. I mean, because it's like you can't stop the lava, and no, like wildfires. We have wildfire fighters, which are really. I mean, they're. You know, bless them because like it's a little crazy now and we're under under staffed if you will on 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 firefighters and i think um they're burnt like literally burned out like tired and having to fight things that heat that is so extreme beyond what we all expected so it's a little crazy but with the lava i think people know but but you can't really stop it so it's like once it's coming it's like
1: just yeah. You could, all, way, all you right? can do is adapt. Yeah. I know so it was, adapt. it was actually, I had a, a, a very, like, you couldn't write this sort of thing kind of experience on one of my first days here when I, um, I had gone, to, I'd been at the park and had gone to kind of look at the, there's a lava lake currently at the, the bottom of the, the main crater at Kilauea there um, that at night you can kind of see glowing red and, and oh, spluttering. Cool. And yeah, yeah. Very, very That's like cool. Doomish. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I mean, kind of going to our theme of what we were talking about, about like these like parks are not cut off from the rest of the the world the way we sometimes sit there. I got back here and there had been a brush fire about a mile away from this house during the day. No. Yeah. That had like completely taken out, uh, like, uh, like completely incinerated. Uh, uh, I think no no homes are damaged or anything, but like a, uh, fields and a bunch of uh, little forest area completely gone and there were all these trucks that were kind of like you know like putting out the embers and things but it was just like oh right like this is everywhere is kind of (laughs) kind of volatile (laughs) yeah i mean it
2: is and i think it's just getting hotter and then when it gets cold it gets like you know like like Mm. when we were in madison wisconsin it wasn't supposed to have the huge snowstorms that we got when we got them and you know well for the locals that wasn't huge for a girl from Africa. <laughs> sure yes. I'm like, dude, and it's like, no, I didn't know anything about snow shovel. That's a whole, that's uh, a whole other world. Yeah, I've got know? to what? <laughs> and no, I mean, I'm fine with it. It was cool. I just had toddies before I did it. Then it was, <laughs> I was the happiest snow shoveler on the planet, you know, but it's, but you can't stop the snow. You can't stop some of these things. And you just like you're saying adaption. So maybe is that more of the direction is adaption.
1: I mean, I, I, it's,
2: it's kind of like yeah. both sides because birds are adapting to us. where they Yeah,
1: live. I don't know. It's like you definitely don't want to. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want to not try to avert the worst effects of climate change, but also I think inevitably at this point, mm-hmm. we've missed so many opportunities that there's going to be some level of adaptation that will have to happen. Like, we're, I mean, as you're saying, like all the fires and. I'm from the Northeast where, uh, mm. like, like you in Wisconsin, there's just like crazy blizzards all winter long in a way that there there weren't, you know, 50 years ago. Wow.
2: Um, wow. We were in an in area in Texas and I was talking to a guy He was painting a house and, you know, he was just saying he's from that area born and raised and he said, we're used to having like at least two to three tornadoes by this time and blah, blah, blah. No tornadoes happening. And so now he's pissed. Oh, that's weird. Because he doesn't yes. have the tornadoes, which I'm going, that could be kind of good. He yeah, goes, Count no, your
1: blessings, buddy.
2: <laughs> he says, but then because of that, like they don't have the water they used to have. They don't have like, there's a mm. whole other bunch of side effects of not having your tornadoes, which I would think, well, a tornado is a tornado. No,
1: because yeah. it's about
2: the weather. Or and it's all like a the... symptom
1: of the weather that they need yeah, rather than the cause. It's, yeah.
2: It's part of the nature of where they were. You know, and It's in the panhandle. so. He was, it was really kind of interesting, oh, uh, you know, old timer guy just, said that is a saying, very
1: tornadoy area.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thinking. And he goes, but we haven't had him, you know, but then they moved weird. to like Missouri. And I mean, I drove through like the end of a tornado in Mississippi and got things stuck under the car. And I'm like, dude, this is, and that's a creepy feeling.
1: It's because terrifying. That,
2: that, that's, but a tornado is the same thing. You can't stop the tornado. You can't stop the hurricane. You can't stop the lava
1: yeah and that's I was a very in a, uh,
2: weird thing
1: i've done a bunch of work in kansas recently um mm. and and i f- experienced my first like uh emergency tornado warning <laughs> oh, during dude. like right after it was right after a show i had played um and i was helping the uh the staff like one staff member had stuck around to take everything down and i was kind of helping him out and then like the weather was getting kind of weirder and weirder and weirder, and there was this kind of like strange glow. And all of a sudden, oh. like this crazy hail began. And our phones went off with this alert, said like you have to go to a basement now. <laughs> <laughs> you must go down. Yeah, and it didn't hit us, but it it uh, it went a few miles south and and knocked out a bunch of buildings and it, like oh. very very. Uh,
2: that's that's like wildly close, right? If, and
1: you're you're very like there. You can't hide <laughs> it's like you're in a big flat landscape like that there's nowhere to you feel very exposed and, and very you could be vulnerable. that cow
2: that goes up in the wind in that movie like, yeah yeah right
1: be. you're the, like the lady riding her bike
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it's like here it's the flying nun no i mean it's it's not funny because people die but like there's it's just i we've been in some places too it's like here's what you do when the tornado comes and it's not if it's when, and, you know, we've done, we've been through hurricanes and wildfires and both of them. And it's, it's, there is a weird beauty to it because it, it's, totally. a, it's, it's like what out in the ocean, like the ocean is so powerful. And I think that's an interesting thing too, where you are, is you've got the ocean and the lava, two yeah. incredibly strong forces. Right. So that's that. I wonder how that works.
1: Well, yeah, it's a—they're kind of always fighting with stalemate, right? <laughs> the yeah. ocean cools the lava, but then the lava winds up making an island, so it's
2: yeah, you
1: know, win-win, lose-lose.
2: Wow. <laughs> so, are you going to write stories, or are you working on an album, or are you just kind of putting it all whole, together? Or I'm kind of
1: putting it all together? I'm definitely going to see. So the, the uh, you mentioned my NASA project that that um, I did that right before I came down here um, when there I was working with them also on volcano related stuff we were in um lava beds national monument and they had sent a bunch of geoscientists um and you know like geologists and geophysicists uh etc to um like study lava tubes um cool. and in this like crazy crazy volcanic land. have you been to that park yet it's, it's no
2: um... but actually we've interviewed the superintendent um oh no kidding. Tired. a really cool guy yeah and one of our writers has travel writers have, have done articles on it but it to me it's almost like a catacomb like that yeah
1: thing. a lot of them so it's, it's like it's,
2: music chambers
1: yeah actually yeah that was I think part of the reason that they they thought a musician would be a good um, <laughs> yeah. a, a guy to bring along uh, but yeah it, it really got me thinking about um, uh, I feel, honestly I forget what your original question was here well, but we were talking about gonna, the, the so, thing
2: about lava and then the oh. whole thing about the oat like creating an island because that's that's a weird area too we yes. were just on the oh, other really. side so we did crater lake just a few weeks ago and oh, no and that is weird like it's, really weird it's like a giant caldera right so when mm-hmm. i was looking at it i was going well this looks like hawaii to me but not at all because we got snow and pine trees and you know right but the geology and the it was it was incredibly powerful. Like, you know, when you go in places like that, like you could die, like nature could take you out. And I kind of like that. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, die. Yeah. But you there's know something, I
1: mean? yeah. There's something powerful about feeling that or like accepting that vulnerability. I agree.
2: Mm-hmm. So there where you were studying the lava tubes. So that's different because you don't have the ocean, but you've got all these weird no. things going on underneath.
1: Well, I, I think what I was, I, I remember now where I was going with that, which, which okay, is like, cool. I think the thing that I was really struck by was that you, it's, uh, it compares very interestingly to this place where like there, these lava flows are, are, I mean, geologically not very old, but like in terms of a human person, a very, very long time ago. And you've yeah. kind of been like sitting there in what seemed like like this permanent shape for, you know thousands oh. of years so they're preserved um, like, and
2: nothing's moved it and changed it like
1: a well are they, are they like kind of or, or i mean i'm just the difference being that these lava flows are like four years old <laughs> instead of instead of that um but I, I was struck by like all of this was created by like and being there with geologists who could like sort of viscerally describe like like th- all of this in terms of motion and action and reaction and like describing oh. these landscapes like uh, like a, a stream of rock, which is really effectively, I guess, what it was. Sorry for bumping the wow. microphone there. Oh. Um, it's really neat being able to think of what seems like a static landscape in terms of motion and impermanence. Because even though one of, the, one of the groups there was studying um, the cracks in these caves and, and the ways in which they've kind of collapsed and broken down in the time since their formation... Which was a neat way of kind of, uh, for me, a neat reminder that like even after they harden, these things don't stop moving. They're still going to kind of change and reshape, and, and no landscape is is permanent. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> permanent. That's
2: nature tells us that. That's her biggest lesson, you mm-hmm. know. And I think it's the hardest lesson for human beings to learn is that change is is the only constant thing.
1: Yeah, I know. Is I wonder change. why that's so. Um, scary to us but yeah i know i, I like writing music about that
2: <laughs> i think well i think because you travel too so changes kind of become our as full-time travelers right you become that is your comfort zone whereas yeah, for it really others is. it's like you know cozy house and i always think like do we ever really want to do that again and it's like god how annoying i don't think <laughs> i could i don't think I, uh, so my it's, it's just, very funny but yeah. my
1: last uh sorry to cut you off My no, my no. last you just reminded me my last like creative act before COVID hit was to, i published an essay called a space filled with moving which is like uh all about how sort of like i accepted that like constant motion was the like the the, the the it was very hubristic in retrospect because i was <laughs> like yeah, yeah i was gonna move around all the time see the only the way and then like lockdown happened mm. and i was sort of like locked in a uh apartment for a year
2: (laughs) oh my god that would drive me bonkers it was yeah yeah i
1: wish i'd had the foresight to do what you guys did
2: yeah you know the first place we got stuck in um i shouldn't say stuck at a friend's uh she has a bmb place outside right outside joshua tree national park and so josh talk about like you know moving stuff right you're sure that was crazy and uh, the park closed and i was bummed because i was filming tent caterpillars which I know freak people out, but they're kind of, they have these mandibles as they're chewing out of their web. That is just crazy. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, imagine just chewing your way out. Like it's <laughs> sci-fi, right? It's just like, it really is. Chewing.
1: It does sound like a scene from alien. <laughs>
2: it, it does. And so we're like, where's the Weaver, you know? So we're, we're doing this and then we want to go back to the park and go and film. Like, are they, you know, becoming, we didn't know what they were, you know? And um, then we got turned around. But once we we stayed out there for two months, and as soon as borders started, and that was a hard time because places kept closing. You weren't allowed in the state. You you weren't allowed in this park. But Mono Lake was actually one of the first things. And when I was out there, just those, what are they called again? The big thingies? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was out there going, this is some crazy, it's like Joshua Tree with water the salt wow that's you know? you're
1: absolutely right that's well I never would have put that together but yeah it
2: is like that you know and um, one time it's just as that is a very weird cool place but I walked on the boardwalk and I have a thing about I almost did a whole story just on boardwalks across the country because
1: oh I'd boardwalks,
2: read that yeah they'll because like I've been there with gators coming out like the Okefenokee swamp and stuff and mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. boardwalk is never really safe okay so there's this thing of our typical park brain people going in. Oh, we could stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and not fall in. Yeah. Well, go on, take that Instagram photo and we'll place a bed. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not being mean, but I but like, there are some things, but the boardwalks, I mean, th- this recently we were in South Carolina and the guy was there fixing the boardwalk. And I'm like, are you going to do that one plank? And then I'm going, well, if that plank is there, what's next? You know? And yeah, but it's, there's something about being on a boardwalk over these marshes and then the swamps, which really are kind of like, dude, I've had- Yeah, I've, were you I've at
1: Um Congaree? Is that where you were?
2: Did I haven't done background? that. I haven't done that oh, yet. Oka-Oke really, Finoke, really cool. Oh, yeah. Dying yeah. to go there. Oh, it's yeah. real close. Finoki is um, in Georgia. And I, I've wanted to go there since a little girl living in Africa, wanting to go to the States for this park. Mm-hmm. And we get there and yeah, Gator comes right under the boardwalk. And then I'm like, oh, he's really cute. And then we went up to this watchtower, looked down, and then we t- saw all these gators, and one just chomped down on a turtle, like just you could hear it snapping and crashing and filmed it. It was yikes. Cool. <laughs> and then coming back, there's another gator just standing, sunning himself. It's actually two different occasions, but there were gators on the way in. And then I'm like, dude, where are the snakes? I got to find my snake. And swear to God, there it was like a snake. And I'm looking, he's looking like right where my food <laughs> is, and I'm looking at it going what are you because i'm trying to go through all these things that you know from travels i'm like you're a rattlesnake no you're not a rattlesnake no it was a cotton mouth <laughs> I'm
1: like, yeah that's it a, a, a no-win situation <laughs>
2: but, but he's there but they know it's kind of a weird yeah i love what you're doing i love that you're really showcasing the impermanence because that's really yeah. where we're at and i think that's why humans are so freaky right now and having a hard time because they really cannot deal with impermanence and change and it's constant change. And yet that is the law of nature. You're gonna yes. always go back and forth, negative, positive, in between. You know, you can't be happy a hundred percent. You can't be, po- you know, negative a hundred percent. I suppose if you wanted to, but don't come near me. You know, and if you're 100 percent happy all the time, don't
1: come to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, don't worry. <laughs> no <laughs> um,
2: chirpiness allowed. No. It's funny though,
1: uh, like what you're saying. It it is. That's also a reason that I I feel like um, uh, the medium I work in is kind of well suited for this as well. Like the, like music is different from visual art in some ways. In that, like, f- I mean, there are recordings and things, but like fundamentally, it's also an impermanent art form, right? Like every instantiation of a song I write is going to be kind of different from it'll never be exactly the same way twice it'll sound different it'll be in a different room it'll be you know yeah. like different people will be there mm-hmm. um, and like once it's over it's it's gone so I like working in a, wow, I feel I feel, I feel like working in a temporal medium like this is um, makes it a fun one to, in which to kind of work through these ideas
2: wow so now this interview airs the first Friday, uh, like we do every first Friday. It's a, a NPAF National Parks Arts Foundation show. Um, where are you going to be? In,
1: oh where man, you go I, from I, here? Uh, do you get to hang did,
2: out in Hawaii for a while. Or?
1: Yeah, yeah, for here uh, for a bit longer. I go when I go back. I think I have gigs right away. Um, oh, cool. On the in the northeast, so I'm playing in on the island of Nantucket, a very different sort of island. <laughs> and uh, at the wow. end of July with a, a band made up of some good friends of mine. And then I think, so what, what is the first Friday in August? Is that the 5th? Uh, fifth. Fifth. Oh, I'm playing in Boston that night.
2: See, wow. This is like complete yeah. from one thing to the other. It's, I, yes. But that's, cool.
1: that's I, cool. Yeah, I hope so. And it's cool <laughs> I enjoy it. I like being yeah. kind of disoriented all the time. <laughs>
2: yeah. And then you get to perform and then go, Hey, I'm going to go in solitude. It's a balance, right? That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: yeah, I no, think there's change that.
2: is it's... balance. That's what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I I feel like mm. also, I mean, maybe you found this too, because I mean, we, we obviously like think about similar stuff, but I, I have found that um, because I'm writing about the landscape, I'm, I'm a. Uh, it forces me to be very attentive to where I'm at. So even though mm-hmm. like, like all musicians, all performing musicians have to kind of like sprint around the country all the time in order to be, you know, mm-hmm. solvent. <laughs> um, but I think that burns a lot of people out because it can be, you lose track of where you are, you get disoriented. Um, you it, it all kind of becomes a blur, but I think by forcing myself to pay close attention to each place I'm at, it's really made it, um, Not just sustainable, but like a really, really fruitful, yeah, uh, like creative project in the long term.
2: I hope you go to Dry Tortugas. You should apply for that one.
1: Yeah, I've never been. It's a hard one to get to.
2: (laughs) I know, but I mean, off the grid. It would be so cool, like to be off the grid. Yeah, I have I have friends who
1: did who actually who did that residency. I think Uh, they're from Australia. There's this. Oh yeah, I think
2: they were on our show.
1: Oh no, kidding! Anna and Peter.
2: Yeah, Anna was, but Peter couldn't make it. We did a reunion show with just about oh, as many wonderful. of them as we could.
1: Yeah. I I love those guys. They're they. Their did art a, is amazing. We, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's so cool. Well, but they're, they're such think, an interesting pair because he's a biologist. Yeah. She makes all this environmental art, and uh, oh man, it's they're cool. They're, yeah. Man, she
2: does cool. She's got some. I I love watching what she does, and I love following all the artists because it's. And then when we go to a park, and we did Chaco after all these interviews on Chaco, and. I was looking through. I was like looking with my eyes, you know, and my observance. But like all the artists and their words, like from interviews, were going through my head, and like all the their artwork, I could see their art where you know. So it was it was like a whole different experience to go. Yeah.
1: And oh, that is cool. cool. You got to kind it of like fill at, your head with interpretations first. Yeah. So it was like then, this, uh, it
2: was like a different form of rock art. If you you know what I mean? And so yeah, yeah, like yeah. This whole other other experience and so it's really cool to do that so i uh, hope hopefully we'll get to hawaii soon so at least we can meet tanya after all yeah, these years come on but, down god, i still haven't I met tanya
1: so and i'm here oh my so, god yeah.
2: i know everybody wants to, everybody's got to meet tanya at she, some yeah, point she's, but... she's very
1: elusive she's
2: <laughs> i know the elusive yeah elusive tanya she's awesome her and nancy have the same birth date so it's always like oh no kidding watch out the universe is gonna just do something crazy <laughs> yeah terrifying uh, yeah no it's good it's good they're both <laughs> awesome but but thank you everyone uh we're Going to close with the song uh, from the album. Again, the album is "The Trouble with Wilderness." And we're going to close with this rush of beauty and the sense of order. Again, keep up with Ben at BenCosgrove.com and also the National Parks Arts Foundation. Go to NationalParksArtsFoundation.org. Apply to the residencies. They're unique. They're awesome. And also, they are always open to donations. I'm just saying. And of course, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you so much, Ben. This has been a true pleasure.
1: Oh, it's wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for having me.